for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boo Ooh, throwing for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Redraft tonight, I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep, even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And woo! this is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 365 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're here every Friday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network. Uh, we are on Twitter. We're on Twitch, YouTube. We're on uh, at Going For Two Live uh, on all major podcast networks. And we are finally able to see you, your Twitter responses. So if you're on Twitter, uh, we can't respond to you in the chat, but we can see your comments finally. So uh, if you're on Twitter, that go ahead and uh, shout us out here. Um, I'm here as always with my co-host, Mr. Tim Strobel. What's up, Tim? Man, how is it week 17, man? I, I can't believe we reached the end of the season. It's been a great year, but I'm I'm not ready for it to be over, man. Yeah, I know. It's 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 it goes by too fast every year. It feels like. Uh, also joining us tonight this is the second time on the show this year, uh, Dennis. Uh, he's a, a guy that I've been building lineups with for probably as long as I've been playing DFS, probably mm-hmm. six years at least. Uh, what's up, Dennis? How's it going? Glad Good. to be back here. Absolutely, man. Last time you yeah, were on the man. show, I think we smashed it. So let's hope that we do that once again. Um, I actually got a notification today, Jeff, by the way, that I've been playing DFS for eight years. Wow. I can't believe it's been eight years. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. I got one to pretend. Nice. Yeah, you've been you've nice. Been, you've been playing a lot yeah. longer than I have. I remember when I first started playing, I didn't know nothing about it. And you were telling me things that just blew my mind at that point, like because I was used to playing season long. And you're like, no, that's not how it works over here. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, before I forget to say this, because I always forget to say this uh, at the end of the show, uh, there will not be a show next week. Uh, we've never done the last week of the season because on Friday, uh, with all the potential rule-outs and everything else, with people having things locked up, we don't know enough information to give you a good show. So we don't do a show on the last week of the season. However, we will come back for the first weekend of the playoffs, uh, the wild card weekend, when I think there's like seven games uh over the three days so i think we'll be we'll be there on friday for those uh and that'll be our last show of the year unfortunately so uh this is our second to last show it's uh it's a sad time as always when we run through the season it, it seems to go too quickly uh but we're gonna give you a good show tonight and in two weeks we'll give you a great show to finish the season out as always guys the show's brought to you by underdog fantasy uh check out their industry leading best ball leagues huge tournament private leagues uh, in every major sport, they have a pick them that you can do. It's a, it's a kind of a like prize picks. If you played prize picks before, it's very similar to that. Uh, you can sign up using our promo code GF2, get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Use promo code GF2. Uh, start drafting best ball teams here pretty soon. I know uh, it seems a little early to be thinking about season long fantasy, but best ball people that, that really love it will start drafting in January and February, if you can believe it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the rewind. The weekly rewind. 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 All right. Let's go to you first, Tim. Give me your one good, one bad from last week. 
Yeah, my one good was Justin Fields. Uh, I talked about him on the show. He was my favorite play at quarterback. He ended up uh, having a very good day, so that worked out. Uh, but it worked out despite DJ Moore getting hurt and basically you know, missing a lot of the game and playing hurt the rest of it. So uh, unfortunately, my stack of uh, Fields and DJ Moore did not work out uh, as well as I had hoped. Yeah, yeah. DJ Moore kind of hurt me too because I had him in a bunch of my lineups as well. What about you, Dennis? What was your one good, one bad last week? I'll start with my one bad, which was Michael Wilson, uh, Arizona Cardinals. To compound that, I played him in cash. Had a horrible cash week. I got me zero points on four targets. Lovely. And my one good was playing Amari Cooper and Bruce Hall in a couple of GPP lineups together. And I had a great GPP day, which made up for the uh, crap uh, cash day. Yeah, that's that was a great call. Got me about ninety points between the two of them. Good call. Yeah, I was definitely not on Cooper at all. I did not see that game coming for sure. I had a lot of Brees Hall, but no Cooper at all. Yeah, last week was really weird because I think like there was only one build in cash that really was viable. Like you know, some weeks you can have a little bit of variance, but last week if you didn't have Mullins, Jefferson, Brees Hall. Then you, you lost. Yeah, right? it's yep. just, you had no shot. Yep, 100%. Uh, so, my one good, uh, unfortunately, on the show, we didn't talk about this guy because we thought uh, Trevor Lawrence was going to get ruled out. Uh, I know we mentioned Calvin Ridley, but kind of dismissed him as like, oh, if T Law doesn't play, we're not going to play Calvin Ridley. But T Law ended up playing, uh, and I went with Calvin Ridley. And of course, he went off. I had him in my cash lineup as well, which really helped me out. Um, and then my one bad, I talked about Jonathan Taylor on the show and, you know, Tim kind of poo-pooed it cause he said they hadn't given up touchdowns and then he got a touchdown on the first drive and I'm like, Oh good. We're in for a good game. He got his touchdown and then he didn't do much after that. So JT kind of hurt me in a bunch of lineups as well. So that was my one bad for the week. All right, let's jump into quarterbacks. Let's talk quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, you two both had the same uh, quarterback at the top there. So, Dennis, why don't you talk about uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit? Okay, let's go all the way to the top. Jalen Hurts, 8,300. Um, the, the game has a 48-point, uh, depending on what uh, betting site you use, over-under. I'm, I'm looking at 48 right now, which gives the Eagles a 29.3-point implied total, which is the highest on the slate. Uh, Arizona's garbage against the pass, their 31st DVOA, 26th yeah, 26, uh, DVP versus quarterbacks. And he's unique, Hurts is unique in the fact that we haven't had a guy like this since Cam Newton. A guy who is can get you traditional passing yards, can get you rushing yards, and is the team's goal line back. Yeah. <laughs> so... I love Jalen uh, Hurts. I don't think he's going to be super popular uh, because of reasons we'll discuss later. Um, so, and the Eagles need to win out uh, next two games to have a shot at the number one seed and hope that San Francisco stumbles along the route. So I don't think they'll let their foot off the gas too much in this one, even if they build a pretty big lead. Yeah. And it's crazy just how many one-yard carries they get. Like I, I feel like they've told uh, yeah. Swift do not score because there's even a, a a point in the game last year last week that uh, he had a full head of steam went to the one yard oh, line yeah. and got tackled. I'm he like, got stood up. Yeah, I'm like just get in. But then of course they get to <laughs> give it to Hurts. He gets his touchdown. Uh, yeah, that that shit is undefeated. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything you wanted to add to Hurts, uh, Tim? No, but I think kind of in context of the slate in general. Like I, I mentioned this in the thread, like there's 13 games. This is the first real full main mm-hmm. slate that we've had in a while. 
And all of us were struggling to come up with five or six quarterbacks we really liked. Yep. And I think that's really unique on a slate this big. So I think ownership is going to be pretty concentrated on a few guys. So I think there are some good ways to get different, but expect heavy ownership on a few guys. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I also had Hurts in my elite, but I also mentioned uh, Lamar Jackson versus Miami at 7.7 if you want to get different in the elite level. Um, obviously, Hurts, I mean, uh, L. Jax is an MVP candidate, uh, has the rushing ability. He doesn't quite get in as often as, as Hurts does. Uh, with the with the rushing touchdowns, but he can't absolutely do it. And the last time we saw these two teams play, it was an absolute shootout. I think it was a game that Tua had like six touchdowns. Not saying that's going to happen again, but I can see something similar, a, a, a nice little shootout uh, in Miami. So uh, I like LJAX at 7.7, a bit of a discount off of Hertz. We'll move down into the, uh, the mid-tier here, Tim, and give me one of your mid-tier guys. I'll take your guys so you don't have to talk about them, and that's Brock Purdy. <laughs> Uh, obviously, coming off the four interception night uh, against those same Ravens, um, you know, his his uh, NFL MVP hopes may be dashed, but I think he's going to go out there and absolutely light the commanders on fire this week. 32nd DVOA against the pass. Uh, they're at the highest implied total on the slate at 31 and a half points. And the crazy thing is that it opened at 27.7. And then Vegas is like, nah, people kept betting the over, over, over and pushed it all the way up to 31 and a half. So uh, that game, we were talking about it in the pre-show. I think it could be 34 points by halftime. Brock uh, Purdy just goes out and lights up the scoreboard. So he's by far my favorite quarterback this week. And he'll probably be my cash game quarterback as well. Nice. I, I hope you're right because I'll be at that game. And the last time I went to a game here in Washington to watch my Niners play, uh, they scored nine points on three field goals in a monsoon. So I'm hoping for some more scoring this time. Uh, but yeah, I hope you're right. That's a, that's a pretty low bar there, Jeff. Yeah, it is a pretty low <laughs> bar, 100%. Uh, Dennis, who you got for your mid-tier? I've got a guy we all like, C.J. Stroud. And we were talking before. Here's a guy everybody was talking about before he got hurt. Rookie of the year. You know, what a great draft pick he was at number two over Bryce Young. You know, he's going to be the face of the franchise for the next 15 years. He gets hurt. He comes back two weeks later. Nobody's talking about him. But the game started at a 42 and a half over under, at least on my betting site. It's up to 44 right now, which is a trend I like to see. Um, the team has a 24.2% uh, point implied total. Tennessee is bad against the pass, 25th DVOA, but their DVOA 8 against the run. So the way you beat them is through the air, not on the ground. And they're playing in Houston. Stroud is averaging over 25 DK points a game at home. And Tennessee's allowing the fifth highest uh, quarterback rating. And for the first time in a while, he's got all his weapons back, except, of course, for Dell, right. who's on IR for the year. So it's a perfect game environment. I think this goes over, because um, I like the other side as well. Um, for various reasons. So I think this is a sneaky shootout game, and I'm going to have a few stacks centered around this game in GPP as well. Yeah, I, I love it. And you get a little bit of a discount, too. We looked at that pre-show. Uh, he had gotten up to, uh, I think, 8.1 at one point, and I think 7.6 was his last game. So 7.1 is a bit of a discount, too, yeah. uh, like you mentioned. You're right. I think Tim looked it up uh, pre-show. I think he's like 5% ownership right now, which is yeah. absolutely insane for a guy with his ability. So, yeah, we've, we've kind of forgotten about him, or the field has. Um, but I think I, I like Stroud a lot as well. Uh, is So I'll, I'll talk about the last guy we had on there. 
Uh, I got Mr. Matt Stafford. You can't ignore how well this guy's been playing of late. Uh, he's got 14 touchdowns compared to one interception over his last five games. Uh, he scored at least 23 points in four of those five games. Of course, he gets the New York Giants. Uh, he's only 6.6. Um, I, I think when we get down to these mid-tier, I'm sorry, these these cheap quarterbacks, we're going to see where most of the field's kind of be going to be playing. If you want to get Christian McCaffrey in your lineup, a lot of these cheap quarterbacks are going to be playing, or they're going to go all the way up to like the L. Jackson, the Hurts, and they're going to miss uh, a guy like Matt Stafford, who's been absolutely lighting it up uh, in a great matchup uh, against the New York Giants. So at 6.6, I like Stafford a lot as well. Let's move down into the value tier, Tim. What do you got for one of your values? Yeah, I'm going to take the guy neither one of y'all had, which is Jared Stidham, who's starting this week in place of Russell Wilson. I think that was probably one of the more shocking announcements that came out this week. But if you understand their cap situation, it makes a lot of sense. They want to see what they have. Uh, He gets a home game against the Chargers, who are missing like half of their offensive weapons. So I think this is a game script that could work really well for Stidham. The only really downside is that Cortland Sutton is out. Um, but you know, he, he has kind of a little bit of sneaky rushing ability as well that I think raises his floor a little bit for a quarterback. So 4,800, he's probably not going to get you more than, you know, 15 or 16, but, uh, he is kind of that pay down option that I like this week. Yeah. He's kind of got a reputation, right? Cause this happened to him last year where he took over for yeah. a quarterback that was benched for financial reasons, Derek Carr, of course. And he came in against my 49ers and had 365 and yards up. and three yeah. touchdowns. So it's kind of his his stick, I guess. Come in the come in the end of the season and, and hopefully have a good game at forty eight hundred. He's worth a shot for sure. Yeah, I mean, we I don't know if he's got that thirty one point upside he had last year, but we've seen multiple bad quarterbacks win GPPs this year yep. because they just got every other slot right. So Agreed. I think it could happen. Dennis, what you got for your value? Oh, nobody else picked this guy, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about him. Will Levis of the Tennessee Titans, five point two K. Um, I talked about just a minute ago how bad Tennessee was against the past. Houston's worst, their DVOA 27th. And what really made this uh, play for me is that Houston sack leader, Jonathan Grenard, who has 12 and a half sacks on the year, has already been ruled out. Mm. And their next three past top sack leaders are all questionable. Mm. Good call. So you're looking at a lot of clean pockets for Will Levis. Um, bad defense and a shootout environment. That's a good call. I actually hadn't looked at Will Levis too much. And at five point two, he's definitely in play because um, I like I like D Hop when we get to the receivers, and that's that's a good call. I like that. I'm gonna talk about a guy that I haven't seen literally anywhere, and I don't know why. Uh, even Dennis said he didn't like him pre-show, but uh, Derek Carr at Tampa Bay. Uh, we know Tampa Bay gives up a ton of pass uh, passing uh, yards. Uh, the Bucks give up the, the fifth most points to quarterbacks. Derek Carr has had three passing touchdowns over his last two games. Uh, Chris Olave is fully healthy. We saw him come back last week and look really good. Uh, I think Carr has the ability here at 5.5 to, to you know, match and, and even beat some of these more popular cheap guys that we're talking about now. And people are overlooking them. I, I think that it's a it's a good good game environment and a, a defense that you can beat through the pass. So um, I like Derek Carr. I think he's got like one percent ownership. So I'm probably the only one that's going to be on him. Um, so, but Derek Carr is a, sort of a value I like as well. There is one more guy chalky down here at the bottom, Tim. Why don't you talk about him? Yeah, uh, Tarod Taylor. <laughs> uh, I, I like him in this spot because, well, first of all, poor Tommy Tommy DeVito. You know, he booked all of those appearances, and now he's the backup again. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's a $200 savings over Stidham at 4600 
I don't know. You know, he has at least he has all of his weapons, if you consider any of the Giants <laughs> weapons. But uh, the thing I really like is that the Los Angeles Rams over the last four weeks have given up the second most uh, points to, to wide receivers. So I think that they could be they really become a pass funnel. Uh, and I think that really benefits him. We've seen him have some you know, decent connection, particularly with a, a cheap wide receiver I'm going to talk about later. So uh, I like him. Uh, I don't know if I'll go there in cash because I think that's kind of popular, but I might have some of the exposure in tournaments, uh, particularly if I want to get some cheaper access to the, the Rams players you talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, we do have a question in the chat. I'm not sure who it's from. It just says Facebook user. He's not registered, I guess, with us. But uh, Jake Browning for cheap. Um, any any interest in Jake and Jake Browning at all, Dennis or Tim? He's not cheap enough for me at 5.8. He's in that kind of awkward range where like, I don't know that he's worth a thousand dollars more than Stidham and Tyrod. And if I'm going to pay 5.8, I'm probably going to find a way to, to get up in the mid range. So yeah, it's a yeah, no the KC defense has been pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. I know this is turning into a big rivalry game, but you have to make a stand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fifth DVOA against the pass. Yeah, with tough. an eight, 18 implied total. That just sets up so bad for him. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's get to tight end. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, Tim, I want to go to you because uh, you have a little note next to this guy's name. I want, I want you to explain it. I do. And it's just like, how far has Travis Kelsey fallen that he's down to 7K on DraftKings against the Bengals, one of the best matchups for tight end? And nobody wants to play him. Like every site I've looked at, he's like 7% owned or less. Like we, it would be a no question lock and load last year, right? Like we would have paid 8K in this matchup last year. And I can't do it. And I think that's the craziest, probably the craziest thing to me about this whole slate is that Travis Kelsey is in the ideal matchup and nobody's going to play him. No one's going to have him. I, I don't know that I can get there either. I probably will have a little bit of exposure, but I think it's just, in context of the slate, it's just crazy, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you can not play Travis Kelsey at 7K, but I also don't know how you can play Travis yeah, Kelsey in this current version of Travis Kelsey. Yep, it is absolutely tough. You're absolutely right. And he, he is, he is, we used to joke all the time that when we got to the elite, we just put Travis Kelsey on there. Yeah. And he was copy paste yep, for 100%. tight ends. And yep. now it's like, you yep. know. Dennis, you have the, you have the, the chalkier elite guy up there. Talk about McBride a little bit. Yeah, Trey McBride. Um, if uh, the Cardinals are going to hope to keep it close, they're going to have to get this guy involved. Uh, Hollywood Brown has already been ruled out. I don't know if he's been put on IR or if he's just out for this game, but regardless, he's not going to be there. Um, so they're going to be trotting out my friend uh, Michael Wilson from last week, uh, Dorch, Rondale Moore, and a bunch <laughs> of other people nobody cares about. Yes. Um so they really have no other weapons. He's had 37 targets in the last four games. And Philly's pass defense is just bad. Um, I don't know what happened in one year, but they went from a good defense to just a pass funnel. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. They're 26 D, DVOA, and they're 22nd against a tight end position. So I think he's expensive. He's climbing up there. I remember when we, uh, Ertz first started, uh, first got hurt. And he started, he was like 2,900. So he's definitely climbing up there, but I think he's still a good value player at this price. Yeah, agreed. I think he's basically the wide receiver right now. And if he had a receiver yeah. at 5.9, yeah. getting the targets that he'd get, you'd be playing him 100% of the time. So at tight end, uh, I can definitely see that. 
Um, so I, I had McBride as my only elite guy. So I'll kick off the mid tier with uh, with Dallas Goddard on the other side of that game. Obviously versus Arizona, four point eight. Uh, they finally getting this guy back involved into the offense. He's had nine targets in his last two games, uh, and we know how good Goddard can be. You know, he's in that upper echelon of tight ends, and at four point eight, I think he's still a good price. Um, I think personally, I'm either going to be paying uh, up for McBride, or I'll be just punting the position altogether. Because uh, again, on a 13 game slate, we don't have a lot of tight end names written down here because there's just not a ton of plays that we really like. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a, a pick your poison. Do you pay up or do you pay all the way down? Um, but Goddard, I like in that mid mid tier there at 4.8 uh, with his targets that he's been getting a, against a, a really bad defense. Tim, pick one of those guys you got there. Yeah, I'm going to go Isaiah Likely. It's no question for me because he was my cash game tight end until like yesterday, right? He's basically been 90% Mark Andrews since he took over this role and he's priced at 4,600, right? Mark Andrews in the same matchup would be 7K, 6,500. Uh, so I think you're getting a massive discount down to Isaiah Likely at 4,600. Uh, Miami is actually pretty bad against the tight end as well. But with the value that opened up today at tight end, uh, particularly in cash, I think there's one place everybody's going to go. So the mid-range, the the Goddards, the the Likelys, the other guy we're going to talk about here in a second, I think that they're going to get much lower ownership than they would have yesterday or Wednesday uh, because the value opened up at the bottom. So I love Likely in tournaments. Uh, he's going to be probably one of my highest exposure tight ends for sure. Good stuff. Dennis, what you got for your mid? For my mid, I've got... Uh... Uh, uh, yeah, Hunter Henry. I actually like Gerald Everett a little more than I've got Chig and Gerald. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Gerald a little bit more at 35K. Um, he's gotten eight targets every game in his last three games. As Tim mentioned earlier, they have no wide receivers pretty much left. Um, you've got Allen, Williams, and Palmer have all been ruled out uh, for the game. So they're running with. Uh, Johnson and who knows some guys that probably <laughs> signed off the street. Yeah. Uh, My boy Jalen Guyton, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Denver isn't very good. Um, they're back last in the league at allowing yep. uh, fantasy points for tight ends. So I think it's one of those last men standing type of deals that yep. if they're going to throw the ball, that's who they're going to throw it to. Yep, 100%. Yep. He was the guy I was talking about that opened up for value. I think he'll be the cash game tight end that you'll see. Yeah. Pretty much across the board. Like you said, that volume at that price is just too good. Too good. Agreed. I'm seeing Chig is still getting a higher ownership right now. Um, really? Although that has plenty of time to change. Yeah, I think it will change. Yeah. I think it definitely will change. There is one more yeah. guy I want to get to, and it's it's mainly because of the drop. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Kick it off here. Yeah, so we talked about Terod Taylor. Everybody wants to play him this week, but who are you going to stack him with, right? And I think it's Darren Waller. Um, I think, he, you know, he has the, the be- you know, really great matchup. We've targeted tight ends against the Rams all year long. Uh, let me look this up there, 26 DVP. Um, we also know backup quarterbacks traditionally, you know, throw a lot to tight ends. Again, that's a little bit more narrative, but it's a great matchup. Um, I... You know, and again, we talked about it a minute ago. Nobody's going to be playing any of these mid-range tight ends, right? So he's we've seen him get six, eight targets in a game before. I don't know, you know, how much you can project him for here with Taylor. But, I mean, like I said, again, it's a great matchup. And, and you know, you're not playing Tyler Higby in this game. So whether you go for the Stafford side or the Taylor side, I think you can play Darren Waller either way in this stack. Yeah, 
It's a good call for sure. Um, all right. So we talked about Everett already. He was a value. Um, and then Dennis mentioned uh, Chigi Conquo is have high, have, having high ownership. I have him on my value sheet as well. Uh, Houston gives up the third most points to tight ends. Uh, Chig's coming off a pretty good game. I think he had six targets, uh, a touchdown, first touchdown since week one. Uh, so he's getting more involved in the offense. Yeah, that was a freebie, though. I, I think that was kind of like a, you know, a fluke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry, I, he was wide open. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think we just saw, my personal opinion, I think we just saw the best Chig game we're going to see all year. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. right. And I, I agree with the Houston match. The last time I said this, by the way, if you remember, was when I poo-pooed Kate Otten in this same <laughs> yeah. matchup and against the Texans. And then Kate Otten went, went off. So, yeah. yeah, once again, just lock in Chig because <laughs> Tim said not to play him. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right, let's get to the running backs. It's time for running backs. Running backs. And we'll go ahead and do the double drop here. Lock, lock it, it in. in. All right, Dennis, you got your lock here. Give us your lock of the week. Yeah, this guy I absolutely love. Kyron Williams at 8,300. Um, New York has been terrible against the run, the DBO A27, DVP 22nd. And if you look at the Rams passing game, it's Puka one week, it's Cup the other week, um, Higby got a week in there, um, Demarcus Robinson. Everybody, you know, it's like whack-a-mole trying to figure out which wide receiver to play. The only consistent play on the Rams has been Kyron Williams yep. when he's healthy. Last five games since he's come back from uh, injury, he's had over 100 yards rushing in every one but one, four out of five. And the one he missed, he had 88 yards. So he's been right there. He's been getting over 20 touches a game. And this is a must win for L.A. to stay in the playoff race because they've got San Francisco next week. Yep. Yeah. So they're probably not going to win that one because San Francisco is going to have to win it as well. So yeah. this is a must. They, they're not going to take their foot off the gas. They're going to run him into the ground. They're not going to be able to stop him. And I think he makes a great pivot off of CMC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, CMC is looking at, right now I look at um, the projections. He's looking at around 20% ownership. And Kyron Williams is looking at around 7 yeah. So you're getting him for basically about 35% of the ownership of CMC. And I like CMC for cash, but I think that game could be over by halftime because Washington is just so bad. I think uh, the Giants have been pretty uh, staying in games. I mean, look at them against uh, Philly last week. They yep. nearly won that game. They nearly pulled it out. They've been feisty all year. They've been playing hard for day bowl. I think they keep it close, so I just this is my the play for me. Yeah, I like Kyra Williams a lot as well. And you're right, it's a good pivot. That's a what over two thousand dollar discount off of Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey. Uh, it's thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, he's also gotten twenty two targets in the last five games. Yeah, he's also yeah. involved in the passing game. He's the quintessential three down back that we really don't see that much anymore. Yep, agreed. Yep. Tim, you got Christian McCaffrey there. I know he's uh, pretty much a lock for cash, but tell me why you like him so much. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, as uh, as he just mentioned, it's just the the raw projection. I mean, on, on this slate, like, who are you paying up for? And we'll talk about Tyreek here in a minute, but 
Uh, this is the highest raw projection I've seen maybe all year. I think I said one time I saw Tyreek higher on a particular week, but yeah, he's an absolute stone lock in cash. I mean, at 9,600, it's really hard for a player to be considered a value, but across multiple sites, Christian McCaffrey is showing as a top three running back value this week. So um, I agree with Dennis. I think that there are multiple ways that he can fail. And at 9,600, uh, you obviously get a lot of leverage if you do go a lighter on Christian McCaffrey, but yeah, I, I think you you lock him in in cash and you just figure out the rest of your lineup. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Uh, so I had one other guy listed. I had Christian McCaffrey and Kyron Williams as well, but I also still like Rashad White. I know the matchup is a little bit tougher than what he's had recently, uh, but over his last four games, he's getting he got at least 23 opportunities in every game. I mean, he's he's similar to uh, Kyron and Christian McCaffrey. He's involved in both the passing game and the running game. He's on the field, you know, all three downs. Uh, like I said, a tougher matchup, but you are getting a discount over those other guys at 7.6, and I don't think people will click on him as often. So I do like Rashad White uh, versus New Orleans this week. Let's move down into the mid-tier. Uh, Dennis, to kick off the mid-tier for us. Okay, I got Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he left a bad taste in some people's mouths a couple weeks ago when he got seven points. But the truth of the matter is, in the three games he started since Stevenson went down, he's had uh, 21 and 27 drafting points. At 6,000, if he can get me that, I'm great. We talked about, or I just talked about, the quintessential three down back. He's inherited that role right now. Um, in three games, he's Hasn't been real efficient running the ball, but he's made up for it with 25 targets in those three games. Um, the matchup is decent. Um, Buffalo has not been quite the same against the run since Milano. Their linebacker went down. Uh, they're 20th right now, DVOA. So it's a pretty neutral matchup on the ground. But like I said, the fact the volume will make up for it. Yeah. And New England has been pretty feisty. Yeah, agreed. The past few weeks, they pulled a couple upsets. Um, Zeke looks like he's turned back the clock a little bit. Okay. And uh, running back with the backfield to himself at 6K, I don't think he can uh, ask for a lot more than that. Agreed, 100%. Yeah, I think there are some Cowboy fans that are, that are missing him a little bit right now. If I'm a Cowboys that, fan, and I'm missing him a little bit. <laughs> if you saw that Pollard play on the one-yard line oh, last gosh. week where that DB tackled him when he had open space, like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but Zeke makes that play, what, 99 times out of 100? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, look, I, I only put one guy in the mid-range because I don't really like the mid-range this week. I think at, uh, running back this week, you're paying up or you're paying down. I like the Zeke call. Um, the only other, the only player I have is DeAndre Swift. Uh, and the only reason I have him is because Arizona is just so bad against the run. Yep. Uh, 32nd uh, DVP, 31st DVOA. I mean, the only thing in his way is what we talked about, the Jalen Hurts tush push. Like, if we didn't have to worry about him falling down at the one, DeAndre Swift against the Cardinals would just be a stone-cold lock. Like, we saw Gus Edwards score 25 DraftKings points against this team. So um, I will be have a good amount of him in tournaments. Um, I I really like, like, the DeAndre Swift, Trey McBride secondary stack. Um, But, yeah, I I really don't love the mid-range this week in general. Yeah, I'm with you. I had a hard time finding some mid-range guys I liked as well. I do have two more guys. Um, that I'll just quickly mention. Uh, I do have uh, Taylor again, Jonathan Taylor. Um, still no Zach Moss. He's ruled out already. Uh, Las Vegas, kind of mid-range. They're 19th D-way versus the run, so not great. But I think Taylor still will get the uh, the bulk of the carries like he did last week. Uh, I think in a better matchup than he had last week. 
And for some reason, they didn't involve him at all in the passing game this past week. I think he is more involved in the passing game. So if he can get those 18 to 20 carries and then get four or five targets, I think he's more viable at 7.3. I also like uh, Chuba Hubbard, another guy that's getting a ton of work uh, and a good matchup versus Jacksonville at 5.8. He's getting all the touches. Miles Sanders is basically uh, obsolete at this point. So Chuba Hubbard uh, versus Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, of course, is not going to have Trevor Lawrence. So there could be some short fields. Uh, for them to to score some points here. So uh, Hubbard's in, in play for me. We'll move down into the value tier, and that's where Tim has his lock, lock it, it in. in. So I mentioned I'm paying all the way up or all the way down. Uh, I think to pair CMC and cash this week, I'm going with Zamir White at 5,100. Uh, Josh Jacobs is doubtful, not expected to play in this week. The last two weeks, Zamir White has gotten over 20-plus touches. Uh, and, and Indianapolis, the Colts are basically the biggest run funnel in the NFL at this point. They're tied with the Packers. Um, more teams, like I said, uh, run the ball on first and second down against them than basically any other team in the league. Uh, so combined, great matchup, great price, great volume. 5,100 is just far too cheap. Uh, I think he's a lock and load if Josh Jacobs is indeed rolled out. Yeah, I love Zamir White as well, for, for sure. His 5.1 is way too cheap. The only thing is he's not really involved in the passing game, which makes him a little hard to play on, on DraftKings. But um, I, I don't think it matters on, in this spot. Like Antonio Pierce has proven he's committed to running the ball. And as long as he's the coach, I think that he's going to continue to get the volume. Yeah, agreed. Dennis, talk about the uh, probably the chalkiest running back on the slate. Yeah, right now, uh, CEH um, is by far the chalkiest. He's looking at uh, over 30% ownership at 5.3K, and for good reason. Uh, Casey is a seven-point favorite. He's got the backfield completely to himself as it stands right now. Uh, McKinnon's on IR, and uh, Pacheco's still in the protocol. Cincinnati's DVOA uh, 29th against the run, which is pretty bad. And uh, he's scoring points. He scored 7.8 just in relief of Pacheco in the second half. Uh, Last week, he's been involved uh, in the passing game as well, 13 targets in his last four games. Now, the one thing we're going to want to keep an eye on the injury report, because it looks like Pacheco has a pretty good chance of clearing the protocol this weekend. The good thing is we will know tomorrow. Yeah. So it's not going to be one of those last-minute, you know, game-time decisions. We have to wait till the injury reports come out. We'll know tomorrow. If Pacheco clears the protocol, just uh, forget everything I just said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he will not be of value anymore. Agreed. No. I do want to add one note real quick is that CEH has been DMP with an illness, but all indications are he will play. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think that's anything to be concerned about. I did see some people asking about CEH. Um, I really like that play. I, I think uh, in cash, as of right now, for me, it's Christian McCaffrey, Zamir White, and CEH. Yeah. Like those are the three guys I'm going with. You have one more guy there that uh, was mentioned in the chat, Tim. Talk about him real quick. Yeah. So this is my CEH pivot. Uh, if if uh, Pacheco does play, I'm going to go to Devin Singletary. Uh, I can't believe Devin Singletary, as we like to call him, is, is a play. Uh, but two weeks ago, he tore up these same Tennessee Titans and their like basically best pass, uh, sorry, their best run defenders are out. So I do think with CJ, they are going to go to a more pass heavy game plan, but we've also seen him get a decent amount of usage in the passing game. Uh, he's had more than four targets in like few games this season. So, um, you know, I, 
I think you're going to go CEH, right, in cash. I think single carry makes a good GPP play, uh, but I think he'll be my cash play if if Pacheco does play. Yeah, I love it. All right. Let's I think to- either way, it's a three running back week in cash. Yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know that you can comfortably get to Kyron and CMC like we could, what, three weeks ago? Right. Um, if you do, I think you have to put yourself kind of on an island. And I never really like doing that, particularly in cash, cash games, yep. but it is something you can do in tournaments. Agreed. All right. Let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. And I'll hit the double drop. Lock, lock it in. Here's where we have my lock of the week. And, you know, I don't do it often where I have sort of a gut call. This is sort of a gut call lock of the week because this guy hasn't been great for his price uh, of, of late, uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, but I'm going to follow the volume and the matchup. He's got 47 targets over his last four games. That's more than 10 a game. Uh, so the targets are definitely still there. He's still 8.6, so he's still expensive. But against Arizona, uh, I think he has a little bit of a coming out party this week. Uh, just in time for the playoffs, I think he has a monster game at 8.6. And ownership did not look very high on him. I think people have kind of soured on him. He hasn't had his, uh, I think he had that five straight uh, games of 125 or more. And then since then, has had only one 100-yard game. Uh, I think that changes this week in a big way. So A.J. Brown will be on my uh, a lot of my GPP lineups for sure. Uh, let's see, Tim. You got. Our, let's go. Let's go, with Dennis. You got one guy in your in your elites here. There, talk about him a little bit. Yeah, the only guy I have in my uh, elite category is uh, Nico Collins. He's finally back healthy. Um, we talked about earlier how bad the uh, Tennessee defense is against the pass, and Nico at home is a lot different than Nico on the road. And obviously, they're playing in um, Houston. He's averaging 23 uh, DraftKings points a game at home. And uh, in the weeks he's played together with C.J. Stroud, weeks one for 13, he's the wide receiver nine in all of NFL on DK points. So he's not priced like that. And all six of his touchdowns have come at home. Nice. So the one thing i would warn people about that's a little bit of a negative he only played in 45 percent of the team's uh snaps last week but that was his first game back from injury i expect that to be much higher this week it's not going to be near 100 percent, but it will be much higher so i feel comfortable in playing him at 7200. yeah i think last I week agree. he was limited in all practices going into the week i think he yeah. practiced in full today so i think he, he should be good yeah. to go I agree with that. He's one of my favorite plays for sure. The stat I had on Nico is that only one wide receiver has more receiving yards at home this year than Nico Collins, and that's Tyreek Hill. So I, that's amazing company yeah. to be in. Yeah. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, uh, it's really, you know, again, crazy that Jalen Waddle is ruled out. If they were playing basically any other team in the NFL, Tyreek Hill would be a lock at 9,300. But because they're playing the Ravens, Nobody wants to play him. Yep. So, and I think I'm in that camp, right? We talked about it, you know, earlier. I think he could realistically get you, you know, five for a hundred or, you know, five for 110 and not score a touchdown. And then you don't get close to getting that 9,300 in value. So I will probably be lower on Tyreek this week than I've been any week of the year. Um, I just think that there are better plays this week. Uh, if you're paying up, you're paying up for CMC, Tyreek mm-hmm. Williams. Uh, or A.J. Brown, I like that call. Um, and I told you, Jeff, I was uh, really shocked. 
I know you got a little superstition going here, but for me, the pay up this week is the 49ers, right? We talked about it. The Redskins, sorry, the Commanders are the worst team in the league against the uh, wide receiver. Uh, far and away, just like it's basically them in Philly and then every other team is like not even close. Um, it's really the only thing this week is picking which one you want to play. Uh, because I think that it's going to be like Christian McCaffrey and one guy, and you got to figure out who that one guy is. If it's Debo, if it's Ayuk, I, I think it's probably Debo. Um, I think it could go either way. But the stat that I had is that they're missing their top two defensive backs. Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice are both out for this game. Um, so we're talking about Debo and Ayuk against third and fourth string corners. I think their starting safety is also out for this game. So, I mean, this could just be one of those nuclear 35, 40 point games. Yeah. Um, as Dennis mentioned, the only real concern is that they get up so far at first half that in the second half, it just becomes a Christian McCaffrey show. So, yeah, um, but I'm going to have a lot of running back show. Yeah. Or yeah. Jordan Mason. Yeah. It's yeah. Elijah Mitchell healthy. He I don't is know, healthy. Yeah. He's, he's clear. There you go. One interesting stat I saw uh, trying to determine between Debo and um, Ayuk. Debo gets his most targets on cover two. Mm-hmm. Washington, since they fired their defensive coordinator, runs sixty percent of their defense in cover, cover two. two. Yep, yep. So, I also think too that be more expensive than Ayuk, but right, this is definitely a game environment that he could thrive in. Yeah, I also mm-hmm. think too that their their game plan will be to to build up Purdy's confidence early on, and what easier way to build them up than to throw those little screen passes to Debo in the in the early Agreed. game and let him break mm-hmm. some break big plays. All right, so we'll move down into the mid-tier, and I'll talk about uh, a guy that I really like, and I played him. It seems like I always play him on his bad weeks, but it always entices me to play him when he gets to this price point. Uh, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he is uh, playing, of course, against Houston, their 27th DVA versus the pass. Uh, but the last three games with Levis at quarterback, he's had nine targets, 12 targets, and 12 targets. Uh, he only had four last week, but that was because Tannehill was the quarterback. They're going back to Levis, so I'm going back to D-Hop, uh, and I think yep. he's going to have a nice game here with uh, against Houston. So uh, that's 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 my mid-tier. Uh, let's go to you, Dennis. What do you got for your, your mid-tier guy here? I got uh, Chris Olave. Um... Uh, and you could pair him with your guy, um, uh, Derek Carr. 68K. Uh, um, the Bucks are just down bad against the pass, DVOA 29th. And a couple of interesting statistics on Olave. Since week nine, he's a top 10 wide receiver in points per game. And since week six, he has only one game with fewer than eight targets. Mm. So that's the kind of consistency at 6.8 we don't see a lot. And uh, wide receivers who see seven-plus targets against the Bucks this season are averaging 18.3 fantasy points per game. And Bucks have also allowed the most yards to wide receivers this year and the fourth-most fantasy points. Yeah. So he's the alpha dog facing that kind of competition. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. Saints need to win this game. So hopefully they instruct Carr to go to him. He's their best weapon. Kamara's been stuck in the mud. Um, Taysom Hill is Taysom Hill. He's the one game-breaker they have. And if they want to stay in the playoff hunt, that's who they're going to have to feed this game against a very weak buck secondary. Yeah, and I yep. think if you watch the game last week, they came out real early to get Alave uh, involved. I think like the first like first five or six throws seemed to go Alave's way. They really want to get him involved early on, and I, I think that's a big part of their game plan. So I, I like that call a yep. lot. 
The only thing I will add to that is Carlton Davis, who's arguably the number one corner for the Bucks, is also out for this game. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good call. Tim, what you got? You got a bunch of guys that are listed there. I do. Uh, so Dennis just made a good point. There's not a lot of wide receivers in this range that we're seeing consistent target volume from. But another guy we are seeing nine or more targets in five straight games is Rashi Rice. This guy has kind of been the number one for Kansas City since week 12. Uh, 10 targets, nine targets, 10, nine, 12 last week against Las Vegas. So I I think he's probably one of my favorite plays in here. I think with Olave and Ayuk right there, he might go somewhat overlooked. Uh, we already talked about CEH is the chalkiest player on the slate. So I think a lot of people won't want to play those two together, um, which I guess I agree with that. But my point is, is that I think his uh, ownership will be pushed down because of CEH. So um, I'm going to be very heavy on Rasheed Rice this year or this week. Um, Nobody allows more big plays than the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, we saw last week uh, George Pickens put up a 35 and like basically on two long touchdowns. I could just as easily see that happening to Rasheed Rice this week. Um, you know, 22nd DVOA, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this is how they win, right? This is, they're going to feature him and, yep. you know, CEH. So I, I really like them in this spot. Uh, 25 implied total. Yep, I love it. Go ahead and mention those last three guys there, because I don't think me nor uh, Dennis have them on our sheet. So just mention the three, and then we'll move down to the values. Yeah, Zay Flowers, uh, he's pretty chalky, uh, but he is questionable, so keep an eye on him. A um, lot of receptions probably in that game. Uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, just because you you pick on San Francisco through the air, and we know they're going to be behind. And then Jerry Judy, just because Cortland Sutton is out, and... You know, they, they can't all, you know, Marvin Mims is, is a bit player. I think it could be the feature Jerry Judy game. We have seen him in a similar spot where he's been featured, have pretty good games. So, yep. uh, you know, he's not a cash play for me, but I think he's an interesting tournament option. Good call. All right, we'll move down into the value. And uh, I'll take uh, probably one of my more favorite values. I know I've already mentioned Derek Carr. We just talked about Christian, uh, Chris Olave. Uh, but I like Rashid Shahid a lot as well. The Bucks are 22nd DVA versus the slot where Shahid lines up 40% of the time. And he's their big play guy, right? And that's what I like to have in this, those cheap values is, is can I get, you know, uh, a 70-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown to really sort of pay off that value in one big play. Uh, again, we mentioned how bad Tampa Bay is against the pass. You know, so at 4.6, if you're not playing a Lave and you want to get different and you want some of this game, you can play Shahid at, at 4.6 is a pretty good price. Uh, let's go to you, Dennis, because you have another couple guys that I like as well. In the uh, value? In the value yeah. tier. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, 4.4K. Um, we've talked about this game a lot. We know the fact Washington is going to be having to throw the ball a lot. And we've talked about car, uh, target share. He has 34 targets in his last four games for a guy who's 4,400. Now, those are usually pretty short targets, but DK is PPR, and it adds up. He scored over 20 fantasy points in two of his last four games, and the run isn't going to work. So this is uh, salary versus volume play. Yep, and then he plays a lot from the slot as well, which is where we struggle to defend as the 49ers. So, yeah. Plus he'll get you a couple jet sweeps and yep. things like that, which will yeah. add to his floor a little bit. Agreed. Tim, what you got for your values? Oh, let's see. I really like Curtis Samuel. Um, I'm going to go Greg Dortch. Uh, you mentioned Hollywood Brown is on IR Eagles give up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And, you know, he's not exclusively playing out of the slot. They're actually moving him all around, which is kind of crazy. But, um, I, I feel like he's been kind of the, the most 
consistent receiver that they have over the last few weeks. The only one I think getting consistent target volume, uh, five, you know, like he had nine targets, eight targets in three, three, and then five. So, you know, at 4,200, like we're talking about like Curtis Samuel or some of these other guys. Um, but I think he's an interesting pivot. Yeah. I like that call. I don't know that he's somebody I would play in cash, but I think he's a, a cheap option. Agreed. Uh, I'm going to talk about the guy that it looks like uh, Dennis has him on his sheet, too. And this is more about just last man standing. Uh, we talked about Keenan Allen already been ruled out. Josh Palmer already ruled out. Uh, you know, and it's going to be Quentin Johnston, who I, I don't really like as a talent. I, I talked about him a lot, even on my Dynasty show, that we really love him so much. But at 3.7, who are they going to throw it to? It's going to have to go to somebody. So at 3.7, I think he's viable. He is a big play threat if he can just catch the damn ball. Uh, so there's the potential that he can catch a big play and, and pay off his salary in one play. Uh, but yeah, Quinston Johnson, anything you wanted to add to Quinton Johnson that, that you want to talk about, Dennis? No, you're pretty much on it. I'm glad you talked about it. I mean, it's a first round rookie. He's got the pedigree. And who else are they going to throw it to? The Eckler looks gassed. The rest of the running backs aren't doing anything, even though Denver stinks against the run. They're going to have to throw it to somebody and Everett can't catch everything. So. Yeah. It's more a GPP dart throw if you have a hole at 3,700 and you love the rest of your lineup, stick him in there. Agreed. All right, I just mentioned the last few guys. We got Pop Douglas uh, there at 4.3. Uh, we also have uh, Slaytron, uh, Darius Slayton at 3.4. Um, and then JSN, just because of his volume, I like him at 4.8. He's been getting some good volume, so uh, he's a decent play as well. Let's move down to the defenses. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, kick us off here. Yeah, for me, it's the Ravens. That's who I'm playing in cash. At 2,800, I just feel like they're too cheap. Uh, They get the Dolphins and without Jalen Waddell. We've seen Tua be susceptible in a few games this season. I think he even had a pick six for the Giants. So they're just too cheap. They fit well into builds. Um, The only other one I like is the Texans. I know uh, Dennis really likes Will Levis, but... Uh, I think this, you know, the Texans have been much better defense at home. They actually, you know, well, I guess he said their defenders out, but they still generate a good amount of pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, Will, Will Levis, you know, he's made some mistakes, right? Yeah. We've saw, seen him the best of Will Levis and the worst of Will Levis. So yeah. you can see it in the um, same I, game. <laughs> in the same game, right. Exactly. He's got a little Jameis Winston in him, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm probably going with the Ravens or Texans. I really like the Texans with Singletary, uh, if you think of it from a game script. Stack. Yeah, I like it. What about you, Dennis? What you got for your defenses? Okay, I got the LA Chargers at 2.9K. Um, a lot of times a team will fire its coach midseason and it won't make a difference, like with Carolina, with Frank Wright. But when Oakland fired their coach, you could tell the team hated Josh McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah. And they've really been playing hard. And they uh the the Chargers fired their coach, uh, Brandon Staley. And they came out last week and held the Bills to 20 points, which shows me they probably hated Brandon Staley. Um, (laughs) And if you ever watch a press conference by Brandon Staley, you could probably see why. They have a lot of talent on that defense, and they're facing Denver uh, with uh, Stidham, without Cortland Sutton. So at 2,900, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that call. Yeah, one I forgot to mention, which uh, Dennis just reminded me, if I were to ask you what was the number one fantasy defense over the last three weeks, would you know it was the Raiders? That's just what Pierce has done with that team has been absolutely insane. Yeah. 
and I think that they get a pretty solid matchup here as well. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, right? We know he can, again, be turnover prone. So Absolutely. I also really like the Raiders at 3K. Yeah, like Particularly, that. that can go with my Zamir White call. <laughs> yeah, good call. So I have one defense that I surprised that I didn't see on any of the of your sheets, and then I didn't even see them on ownership, and I can't figure out why. But it's the it's the Patriots at Buffalo, which on paper doesn't sound good, but the Patriots haven't scored fewer than five points on defense since week six. Uh, they played some pretty good teams, you know, at two point three five points, you'll take that. Uh, and you know, it's kind of a Bill Belichick thing, right? I mean, if, if the rumors are true that this is his last season, wouldn't it be a, a good way to go out and, and find a way to thwart the the Bills' uh, playoff hopes by pulling out a victory? I don't know if I'm gonna go that far to predict a victory, uh, but I do think they come out ready to play. And of course, Josh Allen is a walking turnover machine, so if they can get a couple turnovers, get some sacks on Josh Allen at two point three. They only need, what, six, seven points to really pay off their salary, um, especially in cash. You're looking at two, two, two times value, two and a half times value. I'll, I'll take that all day. I think Patriots can do it. Yeah, I think some of that is just history. Their last three games against them, they've averaged 4.3 points on defense. So. On defense. Yeah, if you look at the, the Patriots this year, like I said, I think week six was the last time they scored fewer than five points. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the super pay down defense at 2.3 if you want to go that way. Yeah, they probably won't give you a zero. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right, let's get through the stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. All right, Dennis, go ahead and kick us off here with your stack. Okay, I like uh, Jalen Hurts, who I talked about before, and bring it back with uh, McBride and the skinny stack. Um, Jalen Hurts is one of these quarterbacks you don't have to stack with one of his receivers because he's a guy that can go out and get you two touchdowns on the ground, one via the tush push, one via just <laughs> regular run in, 60 yeah. yards rushing, 225 passing, a touchdown, and that's 31 fantasy points. Yeah, that's... And none of his receivers have a good game. And trying to decide which one of his receivers have a good game is good sort luck. of like the Rams playing whack-a-mole. One day it's uh, Brown, one day it's Devontae Smith. Goddard yep. can have that. And then I talked about um, McBride already as the bring back. Yep. So like it's that. a fairly expensive stack, but it's not going to break the bank as it would if you added one of the Eagles' uh, pass catchers. Yeah, good call. Yeah. I like that. All right, Tim, give me your stack. Yeah, I actually played this stack uh, similar earlier in the year in a different context, uh, but uh, it's it's Brock Purdy. I, I said I expect a smash game from him this week. Uh, we talked about Debo uh, because of the scheme, uh, and then bringing it back with Curtis Samuel. So we have the the Samuel to Samuel connection: mm-hmm. uh, Purdy, Debo, and Curtis. Yep, I like that. Uh, so I have the game that Dennis talked a lot about. I thought for sure he'd put that as a stack, but he didn't. So I was able to grab it. Uh, CJ Stroud, Nico Collins bringing it back with D-Hop. Um, you know, like Dennis mentioned, he's taking the over on that game. So am I. I think he can have a sneaky shootout appeal. Uh, we talked about, you know, Nico and Stroud and all their abilities that they can be at home. Uh, we talked about D-Hop, you know, with Levis getting, you know, 9 to 12 targets a game. So I think it's a pretty... It's an expensive stack, uh, you know, because Nico's not cheap, Stroud's not cheap, and you're going to have to find a way to get them all in there. But uh, I do like that stack a lot, especially for GPPs. Nah, Jeff, uh, I, I, I poo-pooed Chig. So it's got to be Shroud, Nico, to Chig now, There you right? go. You want to save the salary, put put Chig in there as well. I like it. I like it. And I went back and forth between those two stacks, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good stack. That is, that is the way to go. All right, let's get to our sick calls. And now... The sick call of the week. 
All right, uh, Tim, kick us off here. Oh, man, I thought you were going to go to Dennis because I, I love his sit call. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a, a more conventional sit call. Uh, I don't know why I've kind of this time of year, it's tough to find uh, value. But this week, I feel like there's a ton of value. And particularly one of the chalkiest players I expect is going to be Gerald Everett at tight end at 3500 So for $100 less, I'm going to get some exposure to Jawan Johnson. Uh, again, a guy we've seen pretty consistent target volume out of at only 3400 uh, yeah, like we talked about, people want to play Alave, they'll want to play Rashid, uh, but they're going to skip over Jawan Johnson. So for a same price pivot over Gerald Everett, uh, Tampa Bay also pretty bad against tight ends. So yeah. I think this works out. Um, he's been kind of cars number two, more or less, uh, over the last few weeks. So Yeah, so we've talked about Jawan Johnson. We've talked about Chris Alave. We've talked about uh, Rashid Shahid. And for some reason, no one loves Derek Carr. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how that happens, but okay. Well, it's Garrett out for the who that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, Dennis, give me your sick call. I have uh, CJ Stroud with uh, 35 plus fantasy points this week. And it's not like he hasn't done it before. He's gotten 44. So it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. I like that. I like the difference too. I know we used to do this all the time with, uh, with, with point predictions and we kind of fall yeah. into the going with the cheap guys. And I, I like that Dennis is bringing it back here with a point prediction for a player. Um, Jeff, I forgot to ask you, what is the FTN matchup of the week? Got to post that in the chat. Uh, oh yeah. Let me, uh, I'll, I got to look it up real quick. Let me, let me... Oh, I already did. It's uh Puka. Oh, it's Puka this week. Oh, okay. There yeah. You go. Puka's got the hundred this week. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that game. I think at all really, did we? Yeah, not, we talked not, about Stafford not, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we did talk about Kyrie Williams. Kyron. Just the and receivers Kyron, yeah. we didn't mention. Um, all right, so my sick call, and I didn't know this ahead of time, that uh, Dennis had him in his cash lineup last week and got a big fat zero. Uh, but I'm going with Michael Wilson at Philly 3.5. Uh, yes, he hasn't caught a pass in two weeks, but he did have seven targets over those two games. So the potential is definitely there. And when you look at the landscape of the Cardinals receivers, they're all these guys that are like five foot two, five foot three guys, mm-hmm. it seems like. And Michael Wilson is the one big guy. So he's the one that can catch the touchdown, hopefully, in the red zone. Uh, so hopefully at the 3.5, he can pay off his salary with a with a touchdown and a, you know, maybe 50 yards, 60 yards, something like that. So that's what I'm looking for from Michael Wilson. All right. That wraps up our last show of the regular season. As I mentioned at the top of the show, in case you weren't here, we will not have a show for next week for week 18. Uh, but we will come back for the first week of the playoffs, the uh, the seven game slate for the wild card round. Um, real quick before we get out of here, go ahead and mention uh, your Twitter handle, Tim, and give us the thread for Facebook one more time. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Keto DFS and then jump in the DFS roundtable group. Every week I do a thread, gather the best information from all over the Internet, posted in one thread for you. So come join us. Good stuff. And Dennis, I know you don't really have much that you're putting out content wise, but anything you want to say? I'm on uh, Twitter as Infantry Boys, and that's also my handle on FanDuel, Yahoo, and DK where I play. So if you think I'm completely full of crap, send me a head to head at Infantry Boys. There you go. Good stuff. As always, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. I want to thank everybody that's in the chat currently for spending the, the year with us. Uh, I think we 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 had a hundred k winner this year, so I, I you know I really appreciate that. I don't think he's in the chat tonight, but uh, I think overall I had a really good year, and I'm looking forward to a, a good 2024. Uh, I'm trying to convince Tim. For those of y'all that know me and Tim in the past have done XFL DFS. Uh, if Tim can make it work in his schedule, we might be coming back in the spring to do some XFL DFS. So be on the lookout for that. 
but with that, that is the last show of the regular season. We'll see y'all in the playoffs. For Tim, for Dennis, I'm Jeff. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs>